the key to great storytelling in in any setting is that it may be a story about you, but the person listening to it should be able to see themselves in the story. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have national storytelling champion and communication expert Kendra Hall, as she shares how to properly tell a story in a social setting, some story strategies for emails, and how to use your story to differentiate yourself from the competition. This week, we have a special episode from our New York City agent, Jordan Smallwood. Here's his interview with Kendra Hall. Today on the Beyond Speaking Podcast, we have author, trainer, speaker, and expert storyteller, Kendra Hall. Kendra, thanks for being with us. Yay, thanks for having me, Jordan. Kendra, you speak, write, and consult on branding, and more specifically, on the importance of storytelling. Why is this topic so important? You know, we're obviously in a very modern age where everything is digital and everything can be automated, and, you know, the robots are taking over. Um... But I think there is there there's this sense that we really can't take humans out of being human. Like there have to be people there, and and a very specific strategy or or skill even to make sure that you're connecting with your customers, that you're that you're building relationships, that you're building cultures within your company that are healthy and thriving, um, according to people, is by using stories. So now I know that sounds super obvious, but. Um, Ignoring that fact or or neglecting your stories have, can have some serious problems. So, you know, I I think it's really exciting to see the light bulbs go on when people are like, "All oh, right, I have these stories. I should be using them." Kendra, if I was interviewing Shaquille O'Neal right now, it, it'd be pretty easy to know why he's an expert on the topic of basketball. Right. <laughs> why are you an expert on the topic of storytelling? You know, it's... Um, or how are you an expert? How am I an expert? You know, it, it's funny that you... A little side story here. I remember many years ago before I actually was speaking, I said to a friend of mine who's very successful in business, um, and it was just casually one morning, I said, I think I want to be a speaker. And he looked at me, and I was so excited about it. I'm like, I think I figured it out. And he looked at me and said, don't you need to be really good at something? You're like successful at something to be able to speak about it. And and he crushed my soul. Like I felt like my dreams were all gone. Um, But right about that time, I did have the realization that storytelling and in particular strategic storytelling is something that I've been doing my entire life. I told my first story when I was 11. It was a assignment for my fifth grade English class. And I remember standing in front of like a room full of third graders. We were supposed to read them a book. And instead I put the book down and just started telling the story. And even within the first few sentences, I could see that I was holding those third graders in the palm of my hand. I'll admit, kind of liked the power of that. Um, But I continued on in the speech team telling stories competitively there. I was invited to the National Storytelling Festival. Um, I served on the board of directors for the National Storytelling Network. My master's thesis was on the role of storytelling in organizational socialization, how company cultures are developed by stories. And then even in my role as a director of marketing and VP of sales, it was still when we were doing our best, when things were really working, was when we were focused on what stories could we tell instead of what more information could we give here. And so, you know, I think it's kind of funny that I had this moment of, wait, it seems so, and doesn't it seem so obvious that we should be telling stories? Um, But it turns out people need to hear that message, and so so now here I am. (laughs) 
Outside of brands or a company or professional speakers that you know, who who's a storyteller that you admire? Well, so this is um, the answer will probably be something you aren't expecting. Um, but in my when I was younger and going to storytelling festivals, which yes, that is a that is a that thing. Is a thing. Um, my favorite storyteller, and they have these. So the National Storytelling Festival is in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and it's um, so it's like you know how towns are measured by how many stoplights they have. Like they don't even have a stoplight. Like it's so small. Um, but the first weekend in October every year, the town is flooded with ten to fifteen thousand people. They put up these huge huge tents and people sit under these tents whether it's pouring down rain or sometimes it's like a hundred degrees and tons of humidity and they just listen they bring in storytellers who just stand on stages and these tellers they they have no business agenda they're they're not there to promote a product they're just there to tell stories and so that's where I learned the art of storytelling and my favorite storyteller uh, is a man named Donald Davis um, you can find his stories like on iTunes, and he has books. You know, you can get his books online. Um, but there was just something about, and I, I find that this is very important in business as well. He has the ability to take a very small moment and and tell it in a and, and it's a moment that we can all relate to. That that's whether it's from when he was younger or when he was you know in school or whatever it is, and we can all go to that place with him. And, and that sense, that, that, that world of familiarity and commonality, he's, he's incredible at painting it. And, and the other thing that Donald does so well is you'll be laughing and you'll be enjoying the story, and then all of a sudden it'll turn and you'll realize this was the lesson I was supposed to learn here. And, and that moment when that turn happens is, is so profound and so beautiful and it just never leaves you. And... Um, and so Donald is, he actually then, I, he had hosts a storytelling retreat. So I've been to that retreat several times. And then as Very I got cool. older, I got to go back and help with that. He married my husband and I. He was our officiant at our wedding. My son's middle name is Davis after him. So please, if you have the opportunity, go look up Donald Davis. He's incredible. Have you noticed a brand, either a corporate brand or a nonprofit, that is doing a great job telling their story? You know, I think one of the one of the challenges with big brand storytelling is that there is this belief or the assumption that it's one big story. Um, when really brands are made up of the, of the smaller of the smaller moments, you know, whether it's over whether they're a brand new company or they've been around for a very long time, and so. You know, some of the shining storytelling moments in, when I think about, like, even in a marketing perspective, it, Windex had a marketing moment um, where they created an ad about Windex. And, and But you wouldn't have known it was about Windex. It was actually about a father and a daughter, and they told this whole beautiful story. And throughout the course of the commercial, you could see the product being used because there was a lot of glass and everything in there. But at the end of it, you're, you're, you're weeping. I, had a girl, I wasn't weeping. I had a girlfriend called me because she cries about everything. And she's like, have you seen the Windex commercial? Um, but it was such a beautiful way to put their product in the context of, of life. And they had a really beautiful storytelling moment that way. Just telling one small story makes a big difference. I heard once in a social setting, if your story lasts longer than 60 seconds, it's too long. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, if you're a bad storyteller, yes. Like, if your story goes on for longer than 60 seconds, then it's bad news. But you know what? I think that 
I think that so much in social settings, so much of storytelling really is reading, um, reading the other person that you're telling the story to. And like Donald Davis, the key to great storytelling in in any setting is that it may be a story about you, but the person listening to it should be able to see themselves in the story, and then you buy more time. When you seek to make a good impression with an email, what story strategies do you suggest using? Oh, that's that's a great question. Something very simple and very tactical is when you're writing an email, right, one of the first things they see is the subject line. So yes, your email should include a story, something that's engaging or will make them want to read the whole email. Still keep it short because nobody wants to take a look at an email that's a book. Um, but in the subject line, the subject line should have the promise of the story. So they should see when they read the subject line, it'll trigger the human brain to say, oh, there's a story if I keep reading. That's a little, that's a little insider trick. Let's say we have an event planner listening to this podcast right now. What's one way that they can use storytelling uh, to better produce their events? Mm. I think a key to better, pro well, better produced events or just better events overall is more attendance, right? Like we want more people to come to our events. We want them to be raving about them afterwards and spreading the word. Um, so a really important strategy for, for event planners to use is capturing the stories from the attendees from the year before. Now, I say that, and you, what happened, you see this a lot, like people out in, the, out in the hallway being like, this was the best conference ever, thumbs in the air, you know, I can't wait to come back next year, which is fine, but that's more hype than it is actual stories. So spend some time talking to your attendees and ask them these questions. What were you hoping to get out of this conference when you came, or what were you struggling with in your work? What were you looking to get? so that you can get a little bit more richness and depth out of those attendee stories. Because remember, we're always thinking about the audience when we're telling stories. You want the next people, as they're watching this video, to say, oh yeah, I'm struggling with that. Oh, I'm thinking about that. And then as they hear how great the event was to solve those problems, future people want to attend. Now let's assume my mother, who's an interior designer, or really any other small business owner, is also listening to this podcast. What should mom be careful of or avoid when she's marketing her services to her client base? Well, first of all, I didn't know she was an interior designer and I could use some help in that area, so I'm not sure if your mother is in the New York City area, but let me know. Um, but this is true for any small business owner. I mean, there's so many, right? There's so many small businesses and a key is differentiating yourself. But the way that we typically differentiate ourselves is by saying, I love interior design and I will work with you to make your dreams come true or whatever it is and it's a lot of high-level language. A better strategy, so that's what you don't do, a better strategy for your mom would be to tell the story of the first time she designed something. She decorated, maybe, maybe it was that she was always rearranging the furniture in her room when she was a kid. Something that's very personal, something that brings it all the way down to a specific moment that then when someone's hearing that story or reading that story, they'll say, oh, that's the kind of person I want, someone who's been so passionate about this for so very long. You have a book coming out in September. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the book is called Stories That Stick, How Storytelling Can Captivate Audiences. Without giving away too much about the book, tell us why we should buy your book. Well, it's full of great stories, um, but more importantly, I feel like in, in its rise to buzzword status, so many people talking about storytelling, which is great, um, there's still a lack of accessibility in a way. And so what I, was really important to me in this book is that people who read it will walk away 
being able to tell their stories and have story agility. So, so it isn't just one story for your brand, it's story in sales situations, it's stories in moments of leadership um, and very specific strategies for, for making that happen. So, I don't know. It's very readable, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. I don't say that often, but I'm very proud of that book. Kendra, can you tell us a story? <laughs> Nothing like putting me on the spot to do that. Okay, so one of the things that I think is really important about storytelling is stories happen in very small moments. Now, this is a baby story that just happened yesterday, um, but let's give it a try. So, my family and I moved to New York City just recently. Uh, from Arizona. I have a son who is seven and a daughter who is six and it was a big move for, for us. We're right in the heart of the city and we've had our ups and downs and at any moment, you know, if you're a parent who's listening, you're, of course your first priority is like, how are my kids doing? How are they doing? And um, yesterday I had a moment where my daughter was at ballet class and my son and I were catching a cab to go back and pick her up. And my son who's seven, hailed the cab himself. He was so proud. But then we got into the cab, and he got into the seat, and in this loud, proud New Yorker voice, he said, we're going to 61st and 2nd, please. And the cab driver turned around and said, sounds like we've got a New Yorker in the back. And my son turned and looked to me, and you know, he has that seven-year-old little boy smile where his teeth are a little askew and they're not quite growing into him into his mouth yet and he was so proud and in that moment i was like i think we're gonna make it thank you for joining us for the beyond speaking podcast make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to learn more go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ing was too expensive for this episode of the beyond speaking podcast your technical director producer and head stealers fan was eric woody your creative director and part-time leprechaun was travis franklin brian lord your host executive producer and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of saint paul lauren b of dn associates Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Jiang, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast?